and they can start the party at Scotland. That's a brilliant goal from Gary Jones. And Henderson, oh, what a goal! Oh, it's drilled home by Steve Davis. Dear, then he comes Matheson. Oh, he scored! And now it's Johnson. That is a hugely important goal, which may just keep Rochdale in League One. Hello and welcome to the RochdaleFC.com podcast. My name is Dean. I'm joined as always by Chaff. Chaff, are you getting on? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Thank you. Um, also joined by joined by Ryan. Ryan, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. And we've got Luke with us as well. He's somehow managed to wrangle his way back in despite uh, deeply upsetting the rest of the podcast. Luke, how are you getting on? Pod is where my heart is, Dean. I'm good, mate. So you keep saying that he keeps warning off to uh, the inner sanctum of Spotland, so... We'll see, won't we? Uh, we're going to talk through Dale's. <laughs> we're going to talk through Dale's last two games. Um, a one-one draw with Colchester in League Two, uh, followed up by a four-nil win over Liverpool in the EFL Trophy. Liverpool in the twenty-ones, I should say. Um, and we're also going to take a few listener questions and chat about a few other things as well that's happening at the club at the moment. But first of all, we'll talk through that game against the U's last Friday night, um, Ryan. Ended up finishing 1-1. I think it's fair to say that we probably had the better of the majority of the game and it, it wouldn't have been unfair had we managed to snatch the win, would it? I don't think so, no. I agreed with a lot of what Stockdale said, as I usually do, to be honest. Um, but it was a bit... I mean, you look at the stats and it looks like it was a really exciting game, but it wasn't really, was it? It was... I thought it was a bit dull. Um bit boring, slow at points. I think we resorted to the long ball too often as well. Um, but we did have the chances and we did have quite a lot of the ball and, and probably made more inroads into their box than they did ours. But yeah, it's just, I suppose, a bit of a, you know, you look at all the tweets that are coming through from the Football League pages and things like that and we top of all the attacking charts. We're just not putting the ball in the net often enough, which... Sounds weird because we have scored quite a few goals, haven't we? Um, but we said similar last season. I think I said similar around Christmas time, just before we started scoring. We were creating quite a lot of chances, just not putting them in the back of a net. But um, yeah, I'm still feeling positive. I'm still feeling positive after Friday. Um, I think it'll come. There's not too many things I'm worried about the team, to be honest. And I think once it all clicks... We could have one hell of a season, but um, yeah, let's be fair. Goal was a bit of a farce. Um, they've not really cut us open. Um, they've probably had one chance where Coleman's made a good save towards the end. Um, but yeah, uh, an okay performance, and we probably lose that last season. So it's steps in the right direction. Yeah, Chaff, it, it was a first um, home fixture, first home um, appearance for. Coleman uh, in, in the goal and I, I don't know whether he was at fault for the own goal it was an absolute freak of a goal to concede we all saw that um, but he certainly redeemed himself with that save towards the end that Ryan just mentioned there didn't he yeah it's a great save um, right at a really crucial time and, and with Ryan I think last season that probably goes in um, and we lose the game for the umpteenth time in a row but this season's evidently a little bit different. We do look a little bit better at the back. Um, 
Coleman's done all right, I think, since coming in. A um, couple of shaky moments, but that's about it. Um, with, with regards to the goal, I didn't see it, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. I went to the toilet and missed the goal completely, so um, I've just watched the highlights and I genuinely can't tell whether he should have been closer to it. Um, it looks like it's been hit quite hard by Max Taylor, probably unnecessarily hard and evidently on target, which you don't do anyway. So, um, yeah, I thought Coleman did quite well, really. I thought that save at the end was magnificent. Yeah, it's a strange one, that goal, because at the time in the ground where I was sat, I was kind of sat right in the in the direction of the pass. So I was kind of right behind um, Taylor as he passed it. And as soon as he hit it, it looked too hard and, and too awkward an angle for Coleman. But then when I saw on the replay, it, it didn't look quite as hard and I felt like Coleman maybe could have done better with it. But yeah, an absolute freak of a goal to concede. Um, Luke, what, what did you make of the midfield? Because I, I was pretty critical of, of Morley and Dooley. Um, as a duo after the Forest Green game, but I thought they were they were both pretty good at Northampton, and despite a few frustrating moments with Morley over it and free kicks and things like that, I thought they were better again against Colchester as well. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think generally speaking, they've started the season off quite well. Um, I think Dooley's better suited in the play, position that he's playing in in comparison to kind of on the wing where he's kind of expected to stand a man up and beat him um, because I just don't think he's really naturally that type of player. Um, he's got a great first touch on him though. Uh, you know, his first touch is really good and he's quite neat as far as he will, I think, pass the ball forward and pass the ball between the lines quite well as well. So I know he didn't have the best season. I know he probably, he hasn't had the best few seasons whilst he's been with us in many respects. But if you're judging him off um, the performances that he's put in so far this season, then I, you know, I think he deserves a place in in the squad for sure. Um, we'll see now because we've got a lot of competition in in all areas of the pitch. So we'll see if Dooley's kind of, you know, Dooley can kind of, you know, keep his position in the team. And same goes for Morley as well. Um, I think maybe what we might be seeing is, all right, quality of opposition might not be as good as last season. I think that'd be fair to say. But um, we've got the competition there now that, that sits behind him. So Morley was a starter last season, regardless of how well he played, just because we didn't have anyone else. Whereas this season, we've got two free players that can probably play in, in, in the position that he's been playing in. So, you know, the emphasis is, you know, whatever their ambitions are, be it to kind of move on to bigger and better things or, or to actually earn themselves a new deal with us, they've got to put it in every day in training, which is only going to make him a better player. And they've got to perform on a match day now. So I quite like that we've got that competition. Hopefully it makes the likes of Dooley and Marley better for us. Ryan, another another duo slightly higher up the pitch um, that are kind of making the positions their own at the moment, Alex Newby and Abram Udu. Um, not the best, I didn't think, on Friday, but another assist for Newby. And between them, they're the two that are creating all these chances that we keep seeing in these stats, aren't they? Yeah, they have a, they're both very direct. Um, Udu's one of them, whenever he gets a ball, he just wants to run at someone and whether he gets past someone or just runs into him, you sort of never know really what he's going to do, but it's exciting. Um, and I I just, I love watching him. I've loved watching him so far this season. Um, I thought he were relatively quiet in the most part on Friday, but it, he's one of those players that even when he is quiet, when he gets a ball, you still get a bit excited. 
Newby, it's a strange one because I don't think he's in a weird way. I don't think he's played well, but his stats suggest otherwise, don't we? He's got a couple of goals and a couple of assists as well. So, I mean, if he keeps doing that and playing pretty poorly, I'll take that. Um, but yeah, he's got Newby, the couple of tweaks here and there. He's some player at this level because he's got an end product. It's just not often enough, I don't think. Um, but yeah, another really two exciting prospects on each wing. Whether we have the depth in those positions, I'm not convinced. But if those two stay fit, I think we've got we've definitely got goals in the side. Yeah, chap. Kind of touching on the goal side of things. Um, still no goal in the league yet this season for Jake Beasley. Um, his his only goal so far coming in the EFL Cup um, from the penalty spot against Shrewsbury. Uh, wasn't a great night for him on Friday either, was it? Um, do we need him to get off the off and running in the league now to get his confidence confidence up going into the rest of the season? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think he'll be suffering from a lack of confidence. Um, he had a very good pre-season um, and he has scored in the EFL Cup as well. Um, and I think he's been playing well. Um, he was a little bit quiet against Colchester. Um, he's going to find... I think he's going to have games where he comes up against massive centre-halves like he did against Colchester and he's going to be a little bit anonymous and the the... the the majority of the players is going to be either side of him, but there's going to be other games where he's going to he's going to absolutely boss things in the final third for us and create everything and bring everybody into play. And yeah, we I've been impressed with Beasley. I, I, I really have. Um, and I was a little bit worried that we might lose him um, before the end of the transfer window. Um, so I, I I don't think he'll be suffering from a lack of confidence. I don't think he's going to be sort of a an Ian Henderson type goal number striker for us. Um, I would expect maybe ten or twelve goals this season, but the work that he'll do to bring others into play to get to get them involved, I'd be expecting like Alex Newby and Anudu to to really benefit from playing off him um, and probably Danny Cashman as well. Um, and yeah, I, I've been impressed and long may that continue. Um, he's, he's come from non-league. We've got to remember where he's come from. He's had one season in the Football League, really. So for him to be as pivotal to us as he is says a lot for, for the work that he's put in, I think. Yeah, I don't... He probably knows himself. He's he's not necessarily in the team to be that out and out goal scorer like your Hendersons of this world was. He strikes me as someone who just knows his role and does it really well. I think Stockdale came out after it might have been the Colchester game and said, you know, he's doing really well, but he needs to work on his technique, and that's fine. That that's you know everyone knows that, but I think he's so important in this formation that we're playing because he's occupying at points when a team's playing a back five he's occupying three centre halves and then that allows your Udus and your newbies on the wing to drift inside and they've got space and then your wing backs either side coming around the outside and I think that's where that's where a lot of our chances are coming from so 
almost without even touching a ball, Beasley's doing such an important job for us. Um, I think when he's played, he's done really well this season. He's just, I suppose we've, we've got to sort of be patient with him and realise that he's not he's not going to be getting sort of 15, 20 goals. I don't think I'd, I'd take 10 from him. If he keeps doing the job he's doing, and like Chaff said, your noobies and your Udus and even your wing-backs can get goals, he's, he's doing such a good job. I think both your kind of opinions on him are, are pretty kind of pretty reflective, really. I think you've got to remember as well, he was up against Chambers and Smith, um, who played the majority of their careers in the Championship. You had Charlie Daniels, that left-back as well, so... You know, he was up against some good experienced pros, wasn't he, against Colchester? But um, I could only second what you're saying about Beasley. You, you know, you can't... It's rare that you, you've got a player that kind of can put in the weight rate like he does, occupy defences like he does, and then score goals as well. Because um, if he had it all, he'd be playing in the Championship, probably. Um, it's just about probably how, how you can get him in those areas because that's arguably what we've missed, especially in the opening half-hour games when we started really well. And you're looking just to get nick a goal to get that goal in front, and um, you know a couple of times that those kind of those first half and hour of games have bypassed us a little bit because we haven't had that cutting edge. So you're automatically looking at Beasley right, to get on the end of something. Yeah, I was about to ask you actually about the experience that Colchester had and whether it was maybe the wrong time for us to play them, Luke, because. Um, early in the season, we've said that we still seem to be getting up to sharpness, and you wonder whether you know an older, more experienced side might have struggled with our energy had we been, you know, that little bit sharper, that little bit um, closer to match fitness. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, they were organised. They were really well organised and marshalled. You know what they did? They were slowing the game down from minute one. We were better than them that in in the first half an hour. We we were better than them without really laying a glove on him too much. You know, we played, I think Stockdale said it, we played a lot in front of them. You know, we didn't, we weren't able to get him behind him. So, you know, when you talk about our energy and the kind of, you know, the older kind of legs, it's all about getting him behind. But what I've, what I'm kind of noticing is, is we're playing against these teams now in League Two where when they haven't got the ball, they, they're not only putting everyone behind it, but they're putting everyone behind it in the final defensive third you got a striker that's playing on the edge of kind of the centre circle almost. So it's really difficult to bring, you know, to get the ball down, get it in behind him uh, and stretch him, uh, which which Beasley does a good job of, but he's got less space to stretch than with, if that makes sense. Um, and they're two midfielders. They played as defensive midfielders almost. And again, Cole Skuse, you know, another player who kind of rewind five years, he was, he was kind of noted as one of the best defensive midfielders in the championship. So... They're playing in League Two because they're nearing the end of the careers, but they know how to manage a game of football and they did it quite well. Um, Lockett, a word for Owen O'Connor, who I thought once again was was fantastic on Friday. He, we've done some great business to keep hold of him for another year because I, I can't see there being many better centre-halves in League Two than him. Oh, you can probably save this question and answer for the rest of the season, I think, because yeah. he's a joke. I mean, it, it was you know, he were good in League One. Um, but in League Two, it's just like, he looks like he's not even breaking a sweat. There was a point, right, I, I sit just behind the home dugout and there was a point where that new player was closing him down. The ball's coming over the top and he chests it down and on behalf volley, outside of the right foot, just takes it, he, he, he's less than a yard away from him. 
and he takes it past him on his, on his right foot and goes inside. And he's got five, ten yards of space, and it was just like, just a big, you know, sigh and sort of what's he doing here? But yeah, it's some piece of business, and you've got to give credit to BBM for for getting that over the line. And thank God he did stay for that first week of pre-season because he wouldn't still be here, I don't think. Um, but yeah, he's just, I don't think you can underestimate the role he's having to do on the pitch, not just playing, but sort of managing the two young centre-halves either side of him as well. So sometimes that can put a player off his game. And I think at points it did last season because he had a similar role. But I think this season it looks like he's learned from last season and he's just taken it in his stride and he looks... It just looks class. And I think there was something last week that I saw on Twitter where he's won the most duels in the league. And that doesn't surprise me at all because he's just... There won't be a better centre-half in the division. In the division. There's no doubt about that. What you've just made there, Ryan, about um, the, the job he's having to do, sort of mentoring the, the younger defenders around him is a really good point um, because... I see Max Taylor just getting better and better. I mean, I know he scored the own goal on Friday, but apart from the own goal, I thought Max Taylor was very, very good as well. Some of the blocks he were putting in, um, and O'Connor, I thought the pair of them was were outstanding. Um, and Taylor's just getting better for me. Um, I know some of his ball playing's not hundred percent there, but I just see massive improvement game on game, and I think he's going to be a real real player for us and I think he's benefiting so much from playing next to O'Connell because um, that opening day of the season when he's next to McNulty that must have been a bit of a baptism of fire really um, and yeah he's, he's, he's going to go from strength to strength I'm, having O'Connell in the side has made a huge difference um, I think the formation protects the likes of Taylor and Dorset as well you know they both look like they've got something about him but you know, when you've got that cover, um, you know, playing a free at the back, it kind of protects the weaknesses and there will be inevitable weaknesses. Like I've seen weaknesses in Taylor's game, for example. I think we all have, but I think we kind of, we probably have the opinion that he's got, you know, good ability as well. So for, what is it, 21 or something like that, um, the formation protects those weaknesses a little bit. And then when you play next to someone as good as O'Connell, it protects him even further to the point where then you can kind of, you know, Taylor's learning his trade as he's kind of playing really for us. And um, there's a lot, of, there's lots of his game that I like. I think he steps in really well. I think his positional play is really good, um, but he needs to get better on the ball. And I don't think he's that great defending when someone's running at him. But at 21, I think we can, we can forgive that and allow him to kind of, you know, grow and get better and support him whilst he's doing it. Yeah. I just, Agree as well. I thought he played well on on Friday, and I it's bit, I found it a bit strange to see him coming for the criticism he has. I don't know if it is simply because of that freak on goal, but I saw a few people were saying that they felt he was shaky all night. Whereas actually, after the on goal in particular, I thought he was thought he was very good. Um, one last point on on the Colchester game, chap. Obviously, there was um, a slightly better atmosphere. I thought. I know it was the the hundred year anniversary. Like, how did you find? you know, the, the events that happened that night and the old players coming back. And do you think maybe it made a bit of a, a change to the atmosphere? Because to me, it felt like probably the best atmosphere there's been for a league game for quite a while, to be honest. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, 
it was yeah, it was it, it was really good. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, made a point of getting down as early as I could do, um, where ordinarily I probably wouldn't have done. Um, the the outside bar at the back, um, where the Pearl Street was, was a nice change. Um, getting to see all your lovely faces pre-match outside for a for a pint was 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 good. Um, getting to see the play, the the old players as well. Saw Gary Jones walking into the Dale Bar as I was walking round, and then seeing him come out onto the pitch um, was really good. And yeah, I think I think it added to the atmosphere a lot. To be honest with you, um, possibly done with a little bit more time um, to to organise maybe even more. Um, but yeah, I thought the kit looked good as well. Um, the special centenary kit, and yeah, it was a it was a a good. A good anniversary, minus the lack of three points. Um, but I still saw positives in the in the game. But the actual event was was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I, I thought it was really good. It was just it was good to see all the old players back. Um, you know, especially the ones obviously I know. You, you Lee McEvilles, who's been on here, and Kevin Townsend, seeing him come out, and you know he's not grown at all, has he? Um, Jonah and Richard Jobs and Keith Phil were there as well. I know he didn't come on the pitch, but I saw him in the press box afterwards. Um, I think Stephen Davis were there as well, although he weren't on the list, but he was he must have been doing some scouting for Liverpool or something. But my you know, my missus was doing the fan photography and she was doing the photography in the lounge before the game, um, where the old players were doing some talks and what have you and there's some cracking pictures on there if you've not seen them on the website. It, it just, it's so good to see that it looks like they enjoyed the night as much as we all did, as much as we all saw them. You know, Sean Reed looked like he was, you know, a barrel of laughs when he was doing the Q&A. And it's weird. It's just, it was nice to see Key Phil as well. Uh, as much as I thought, you know, I couldn't stand him. You just see his face and you can't help but smile, can you? Um, but yeah, it was good to, good to see them all. And like I said, it was just, it, I think with them, sometimes you, they sort of don't look arsed, really, that'd be there, but it genuinely looked like they all really enjoyed the night. So hopefully that can happen a bit more often now. Good timing as well, wasn't it? Because obviously we had two wins on the bounce and it was the first home game following the news, I think, that we, you know, with regards to the takeover um, and, them, and them kind of backing out. So I think it kind of all accumulated to a pretty decent atmosphere, didn't it? And... Probably reiterates really, like you've got a lot of like old players who, like, look, you know, I was watching the interviews and, and whatnot, who still kind of follow the club, you know, and like that's probably, I don't think that's a, I don't think every single player that, you know, kind of, you know, plays in the football league, I don't think every single club is the same as us with regards to kind of that element and that feel of kind of, you know, what Rochdale Football Club is. And, you know, it goes back to the ownership, I think, it goes back to the top and kind of the split ownership and all that lot. We'll move on to the uh, to the Liverpool game in the EFL Trophy. Few points because neither me nor Chaff watched it, so we're kind of relying on uh, Ryan and Luke to pull us through here. But Ryan, I'll come to you first. It, it sounded from what I was reading on Twitter and on the message board that they started quite poorly, Dale. And yet, the next time I checked the score after that, we were, we were four nil up. So what changed after a poor start? Yeah, it was a really poor start. It, it looked a poor. I think I messaged you a lot. Um, I obviously didn't know what was going on in Cashman's personal life, um, but um, so I don't want to be too critical of that. But um, his attitude looked 
terrible, as did Connor Grant's. I thought, I sort of don't want to single all the players out, but you could tell where I sit. Stockdale was visibly frustrated as well and kept shouting at your Cashmans and your Grants to, to get on the ball. And then half an hour in, it was a bit of a strange one, but the ball went out of play and Stockdale sort of almost did a team talk on the pitch and he clearly shouted sort of all of you and made them all look at him and listen and give him a right good bollocking on the pitch. And then after that, it looked like the energy levels for the last 15 minutes of that half looked really high. Um, I thought Josh Andrews was absolutely awful in the first half. Um, and then second half looked a completely different player. I think every time he touched the ball in the second, he won every header in the second half. He held the ball up really well. He brought players into play um, and just generally looked really good. Um, it was good to see um, Liam Kelly, who who looked he looked rusty to begin with, but you can tell there's class there. Um, and second half, Connor Grant came into it and, and showed what he can do in a different role to what he was doing last season as well. Um, so overall, it was really positive after that half an hour. And I think um, it was almost good to see in a quiet ground what Stockdale's actually like with the players. And he, he definitely commands respect, that's for sure. Jaff, like I said, I know you weren't at the game, but two more goals, well, two goals for Corey O'Keefe from right wing back. Um, he looks like a hell of a player, doesn't he? What any chance do you think that we can get him on a permanent deal? Because it'd be an unbelievable signing, if so, based on what we've seen so far. The fact that he's come on loan to a League Two club, you've got to think that there's a there's a chance there of, of, of us being able to sign him. Um, but I've not seen him have a poor game yet. I think he's been superb. Um, he, he gets forward. Um, his defensive side isn't as good as his attacking side, but we've got three centre-halves, so that's where, again, where the formation helps out, um, like Luke was alluding to before. And, yeah, I, I, he's really good to watch. The only thing I can describe him as, it's like a little bit like having Scott, a, a Scott Wiseman type full-back again. Somebody who's going to just get as far up the pitch as he can and and cause their wide defenders more more issues. Um, they're already having to to deal with the likes of Avudu and and Nubi out wide, and I think we've got two wing backs that that cause even more trouble. And I think a lot of our good play comes from it starts basically with with the likes of O'Keefe. Um, and yeah, if given the option, I'd, I'd sign him tomorrow, me. Um, and you've you've got to think that we we probably got a chance if if Nigel Clough doesn't rate him, then yeah, hopefully we'll benefit from that. Luke um, Ryan touched on uh, Danny Cashman a minute ago in terms of that poor start, and I saw a few other comments um, suggesting he didn't start too well. But second half got a couple of assists. He obviously hasn't played low so far. He's kind of been in and out rotating, but what did, what have you made of him so far and what did you make of him particularly on uh, on Tuesday night? Uh, I, I've, I've liked what I've seen actually. I think there's going to be, there's a player there and we're going to see more of it as the season develops. I think, as Rai said, um, the reality of it was is that his body language was awful in that first half. 
he, you know, he, he just was. He was feeling sorry for himself and he was getting frustrated. And I think in part, you know, that was, you know, I can you can look at it and go, well, actually, we weren't cohesive across the, the team in that opening half an hour. Um, so, you know, there's an argument to say that the changes kind of had an impact on that. And it wasn't just Cashman that was kind of suffering from that. But I just, I always look at players' body language um, and, I just didn't like it because you kind of you make yourself a victim and it's harder to get out of that rut. Um, but in fairness to him, he did. He got out of it. And um, I really, he, he's a he's a 10 to me. He's, he's a cam. Uh, I don't think he's kind of a winger. Um, he picks the ball up well in between the opposition's midfield and defenders. And he's good on the turn. Got a lot of sense of gravity like you do. Uh, and he's clever. He, he, he tends to make the right pass at the right time with the right pace. Um, so I like him, but I think positionally wise, he's. I don't think he's kind of like right. I think it was right that said earlier. I don't think we've got a lot of options behind Udo and, and Grant on the wings. And I, you know, the first player that came to my mind was Cashman, but I don't think that's the case with Cashman. I think he's kind of an in behind kind of player who's clever. And you know, we probably have. You know, he's young. This is his first kind of you know football league experience. Hopefully, we're going to see more of him because I like what he's about. And he turned it around in that second half and was kind of everything good that we did, um, he played a big part of. Right, it was the first um, opportunity to take a look at Liam Kelly as well and he uh, he couldn't have found a better way to announce himself to the Dale Faithful, could he, with that goal? But what did you make of his uh, his performance overall on Tuesday? Yeah, it was some goal. Um, like I said, he, he was pretty rusty to begin with, but you could just see the, the class. I think every time it... To be fair, it's been a bit of a, a thing in our play. I think even the likes of Morley have done this this season. But every time he got the ball, his first thought is, who can I pass to forward? Where are my strikers? Where are my wingers? And I thought there were a couple of punchy passes towards the end of the first half, start of a second half, that looked, you know, he's going to be some player. I think before he before he scored, he had a, he had a similar effort, if I remember rightly, that just went off target. And I thought, yeah. Um, and then we got a free kick outside the box that I thought we were going to take. And I think Newby took it and it, it about raw L in the TDS. Um, so I think he'll be having the next one if he's on the pitch. I think even Stockdale looked like, I think he turned around to Kevin Gibbons and went, why is he taking it? <laughs> so I think that says everything. But he looked good to me. Um, and yeah, I think when I saw it, it looked like a hell of a signing. Um, and Tuesday done nothing to to change my mind on that. Um, you you mentioned Josh Andrews as well, Ryan. Uh, maybe not his best performance, but got himself another goal. Do we think it's maybe just a case of you know match sharpness with him? Maybe he's only had one or two starts. He's not really been able to get a lot of football, and his preseason was disrupted as well, wasn't it, due to COVID? Yeah, I hope you're right. Um. Well, hard. You, you can't. I don't want to be critical. You know, like you said, he's not had a preseason. He's had COVID. He's not played many games. I just think he's looked way off it. Um, so he might need a couple. Of, I thought even at Northampton, I thought it was dreadful. Um, but he got that goal. Um, so yeah, I hope it's sharpness, and I hope he comes good because he he's got the right kind of attitude. He keeps going. Is it? I liked his interview. It sounded like he really wanted you know to do well here. Um, so yeah, I, I hope it's sharpness. 
And finally, on, on, on the Liverpool game, Luke, um, we saw a few minutes for Joel Dunn and Ethan Briley, two of the um, academy graduates that a lot of us know about and are excited about. How did they fare? And, and are you excited to see them potentially get more minutes this season? Yeah, I was surprised Bradley didn't start, to be fair. But then when you look at the 11, you want to get Kelly in there to get match fitness. And that's probably the kind of, likewise with Broadbent. So it's kind of like, oh, where does Bradley fit in? You know, because you kind of look at it and go, this this has got to be his breakthrough season for us. Um, given the fact that he's kind of been around the settle for a while now. But, um, I mean, with regards to Joe Dunn, that, that was the first time I've seen him play pretty much. And um, I was impressed. Again, he... He, he read everything really well, decent on the ball, um, you know, solid enough. You know, I remember kind of just a, a bit in the first half where he came across to the right-hand side of the pitch and, and, and shielded it out. And I thought, yeah, I like that. It's kind of, he took ownership of a situation and, and defended really well. Um, I think Joe Dunn now, I'd, I'd like to see him against a league player. So it'd be interesting to see how he fares if he plays against Port Vale or Bolton in the competition. He refers against someone who's going to pin him and be more physical and um, kind of challenge him that way because he didn't really, Liverpool didn't really give us that test. They played in front of us a lot and they were nippy and whatnot, but he didn't really have an individual one-on-one battle to kind of, you know, truly kind of um, show his defensive capabilities on. So looking forward to that, but faultless game, faultless performance from him. And Briley did really well when he came on. He came on and he's just one of them. He's straight away, he's asking for the ball. All the time, he's asking for the ball. Um, you know, if you're asking for the ball, what you've got to do first and foremost is make yourself available. Um, but I like the confidence and, you know, the fact that he is kind of trying to make himself available for a pass, you know. And I was a little bit worried looking at kind of our general player last season now, you know, where we had the mallish situation going into the right back, pinging the balls forward. In the in, in the games that Briley played, Briley played that role and thought, nah, don't look right for, for Briley to be playing like that. But in actual fact, when he came on on Tuesday, he's kind of picking the ball up at the defenders, but he's also supporting the midfielders, moving up the pitch as well. And his, uh, his passing ability was on show. He did a couple of switches that were really nice. A couple of efforts on goal as well. Uh, last kick of the game, when he, he kind of had an effort that crashed off the crossbar, that would have been lovely for him. Um, but we've got a back, Riley. Like, he's a Rochdale fan. Like, so, you know, he's 17. He's filled out a little bit more compared to last season, but he still looks slight. Um, but we've got to really kind of back him and support him when he plays because he's a Rochdale lad and he's a Rochdale fan. So for me, you automatically get that. I think with some fan bases, you kind of turn on your own quicker than anyone else for some reason. But in my head, you've got to support him more than more than the players that come into the club, um, you know, from elsewhere. And it's going to mean more to someone like Briley, who's a Dale fan. So I already like him, regardless of how good he is. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure the supporters will, will be behind him no matter what. To be honest, um, but fingers crossed we do see a little bit more of him. Uh, Chaffa, I was going to come to you with one last question before we get onto some of the listeners' uh, questions. Um, Dale have obviously drawn Burnley away in the EFL Cup. Uh, what were your reaction to that draw? Because obviously it, it it was a bit of a rivalry back in the day, but not one that that many of us would have been able to see kind of play out before so it, it should be an exciting night shouldn't it so effectively you've come to me with this question because I'm older than you lot <laughs> that's not nice that. but and to be fair even I'm a little bit young for it um, I do remember I remember the FA Cup game but I wasn't at the FA Cup game um, in 93 um, 
and yeah, it, it was it was a bit it was a much bigger rivalry during the nineties um, when I was going to to Scotland than 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 Bury than than Oldham Oldham were even mentioned. Um, all the songs that we you lot will know as being Bury songs were all Burnley songs when I was growing up, um, and they were the only team that we ever really sung about. Um, so yeah, for for the older supporters. Um, this will be a, a really sort of glamorous cup tie with it, with it without it being two glamorous teams, obviously. Um, and yeah, they'll, they'll enjoy that a lot, a lot more than than what some of the younger fans will, for example. Um, and I'm looking forward to it myself because I've not actually been to Burnley. It's it's one of the the not so many that I've got to tick off. Um, so yeah, I was I was chuffed with the draw, and. Yeah, it's um, it was a, a really good one. Yeah, I'm very excited for that night. It should be a should be a great atmosphere, and hearing the stories of, of previous games in those late '80s and, and early '90s fixtures, um, it could be quite a tasty one as well. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I'll get into some of these listeners' questions. And so, first one uh, is from Joe. He asks who the player of the month would be for you guys. So, um, Luke, do you want to start us off? Yeah, yeah, I was um, I was going into what Ryra earlier because for me it's Newby. I think he has played well. Um, I think kind of everything that's been good about was he's been at the forefront of, um, and he's one of them players. He's exciting to watch. He's positive. He, you know, he's got a trick in him. He's he's silky, and um, you know, like Ryra said, he actually does have an end product. Um, he did really well taking ownership, kind of of the assist for Keohane against Colchester. I thought I was just looking at that goal earlier on and. Uh, yeah, I think for me, everything that's been good about us, Newby's been at the, the forefront of. Chaff, what about you? Who, who did you go for? I went for Newby as well. So evidently Ryan's talking shite. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've been I've been well impressed with Alex Newby. Um, I think we're going to see big things from him. I really do. Um, everything good from an attacking point of view seems to start with him the amount of assists and goals he's got without playing particularly well for 90 minutes are what counting games aren't they so yeah what is it two assists two goals the cross that he put in against Northampton for Cashman's header is absolutely beautiful and yeah, he'll get goals, he'll get assists and I think he'll be a massive player for us this season. I think he started off very, very well. The only other one that I could have um, picked alongside him would have been O'Keefe, um, who I thought, I think, has done really well as well. Um, but yeah, newbie for me. Ryan, well, I'm guessing it wasn't newbie for you. <laughs> I'd also say he's been terrible. There's more There's more to come from him. I, I've, I went O'Keefe. I think he's been... Um, like I think Chaff said earlier, it's like Wiseman. It's not often you enjoy watching a fullback, but I really enjoy watching him. And I think I just think he's done pretty well defensively. And he's um, similar to what the guys have said about Newby. I think everything good that's happened um, offensively for us, I think, has started with O'Keefe. And I think it, he's been excellent. If we can keep him past January, I think it's probably going to depend on where we are in the table or sort of momentum form. Um, because if we're 
sort of looking like we could be up there. We've got a good chance of getting him, I think. But yeah, I went for him. I think he's been excellent. If he if he does have the most thoughts, we need to rig it so he doesn't win it because he needs to go under the radar. If you're a Mansfield fan, you're not happy with that, are you? <laughs> um, yeah, I imagine you're not too happy seeing him score twice on Tuesday night either, to be honest. Um, I don't. I think they're going under the radar. I don't know if that's even possible as much as it was anymore because there's just so much information out there and then with Twitter and what have you. Uh, O'Keefe also got my vote, but I must admit I was very close to, to voting for Newby. Um, I think we might have to get through some of these a little bit quicker, guys, because we are running out of time a little bit. So uh, next one was from Reese. Um, well, actually, sorry, the next one was from Alfie. Um, if you could choose one loan signing permanent, who would it be? But I think I think we've kind of answered that, haven't we, with, with O'Keefe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Reese asked, "What was the, what would be the best way to deal with our Pearl Street idiots in that corner where the scoreboard is?" Uh, Jaff, do you want to do you, do you want to tackle that one? Um, it's, it's maybe idiots is harsh. We can't really be sort of calling our own supporters um, when we need as many as we can get. So I kind of know where he's coming from, and yeah, the. I don't agree with the the wannabe hooligan element that is in there um, that Luke used to aspire to be many moons ago. Don't mate. <laughs> um, and I, 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 the whole pyro thing is, yeah, it's, it, it causes a bit of disrepute, doesn't it, a little bit. And, yeah, it's we need all the fans we can get, unfortunately. But, yeah, keep them in the corner. I think the club could have done with making a statement after the um, pitch invasion. Because when I were up there, there were a couple of people talking. I believe that a pretty hefty final will be coming the club's way now because that's three instances this season where there's been pyro at two games and a pitch invader. Um, so three instances shows real crowd trouble. So I think it probably, if that's true, it could have done with a probably a statement to put them off I suppose being idiots if it's costing them a club money because I think the only way to do it is put police around them and then that's going to cost money as well so I don't really know we've always had it though haven't we yeah true I think I think if that was the case and the club did put out a statement and they were still doing those kind of things with the pyro and the pitch invasions and I think what what you said about um, disrespecting our own fans chaff would would not be the case anymore because it clearly wouldn't be fans, would be if that was the case. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. What I would say is I think the majority of the Pearl Street's reaction to it was good. Um, there's quite a lot of displeasure, which as much as you don't want to see, and it's a bit embarrassing, it's better than turning a blind eye. Um, it's made me a lot more worried about the 25th of September, though. Uh, is that Oldham, yeah? Oldham at home. Interesting. Luke, I'll come to you with this next one from Scott. Uh, would you like to see us get to Wembley in the final of the Papa John's Trophy or rather go out as soon as possible and focus on the league and, and Burnley in the Cup and, and the FA Cup? Uh, I'd rather go on and, and get to Wembley and, and win it. You're in it to win it, aren't you, really? And uh, Well, you know, we are in it to win it, but, like, yeah, I mean, I think we've got a squad now where it's kind of... You know, if you're asking us that question last season when, you know, we had the kind of, you know, 
we knew we were in a relegation from from minute one. Then maybe, as negative and depressing as it sounds, mate, I wasn't too fussed about the competition really. Uh, I like it for seeing players that you don't normally see play. You know, the likes of Briley coming through and whatnot. But for me, like we're, we're in it. We're in it to win it. And um, you know, if we can do that whilst giving players who aren't in the first team an opportunity as well to kind of keep match fitness and, and impress themselves, then. Like absolutely, let's let's get there. Yeah, I, I see where you're going with that, Luke. As well, um, I'd always I'd always choose the league over the Papa John's Trophy. The whole Wembley thing doesn't appeal to me, to be honest with you, because I, I don't like the stadium. I don't like the atmosphere when it's in the state when in the stadium. Um, I do think the Papa John's Trophy now serves more of a purpose than it did ten years ago. Um, I think it's better for having the the under-21s and 23s teams in, which I know a lot of people don't agree with. But I like the fact that it it gives us a platform for uh, to, to try and integrate the younger players, like you've just mentioned, the Briley's and the Duns. We've seen it before and we've made a lot of money out of uh, the likes of Matheson and Adsed, um, who have, have, have sort of started off in that competition. And I think it's it really does serve a purpose to a point but if you if you're offering me going out and, and concentrating on the league and the FA Cup, I'd take that. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, that's that's the priority. But you know, if we're if we're in it and we've got the squad, which I think we do, then then yeah, let's let like for me, give it your best shot. Can I? Uh, I'd like to point out that I am one of those people, Chaff, that uh, couldn't care less about it. I, I think it's a scabs cup. I really do like. But that said. If we get to Wembley, I'll be at the front of the queue for my ticket. So. <laughs> um, Chaff, I'll come back to you with this one because I think you know a little bit more about um, the youth that, than maybe the rest of us. Um, Lee Brookfield asked, uh, what is Peter Thomas's future at Dale? He was offered a contract at the end of last season, but obviously we haven't seen a lot of him since then, have we? No, he's evidently not signed it. Um, he is still around the club and still playing for the the youth team, from what I can gather. Um, I would suggest it doesn't look particularly good if he's not signed it. Brad Kelly signed his. Um, they were both offered their contracts quite early on in, in pre-season, sort of when BBM and Lee Riley were still here. Um, they were both offered deals then. Uh, and for, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is, but Thomas doesn't seem to have signed his. Um, there's evidently a big prospect there. Um, he, he does seem to be one that could potentially make us a lot of money. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Um, remains to be seen. It's all a bit quiet on that front, really. And another question from Lee. I'll come to you on this one, right? Uh, realistically, where do we finish the season? Top half, mid-table or playoffs? Or, or what are you thinking? Um, I think I said in the, on a Shrewsbury thing last week, I, I've no reason really to change my mind from a pre-season I think top half about ninth um, but I've seen enough to believe that we could be challenging for playoffs say quietly maybe <laughs> edit that bit out um, but yeah but about ninth um, yeah I was right last season so I'd take it Luke one for you from, from Ian uh, now we've lost London Rathbone. Who's the most attractive member of the squad? Oh, good question. 
I'll just say before before you answer that I was uh, I was sat with a female friend at the one of the games recently, and she became pretty infatuated with Josh Andrews by by the full time. Yeah, I mean Josh Andrews is someone who Josh Andrews would be a one night stand kind of guy. Like <laughs> he's got the body, but he probably hasn't got the brains. But Jimmy Keohane for me, like because he's just suave and he's just a little bit different. You can tell that he's ripped, but he's not too ripped. Like, and he's just, you can tell he's a nice guy, clever as well. So, Jimmy, Jimmy K for me. I thought about that a lot more than I thought you would. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right, I'll come back to you. Uh, One from Greg. Which side has impressed you most um, so far that we've played against this season? None of them, really. I've not really been impressed with anybody. If I say a player, probably Josh. Falkringham from Arrogate. I thought he were unbelievable. But I've, I've not... It's looked like League Two. It's a massive drop. Um, shit answer, but nobody. <laughs> I'll, I'll say one then for that one. Um, I, I don't think they played well, but I think Forest Green looked like a good team against us. Um, you, they looked well drilled and they played some nice football at times. And I think it's probably a sign of a good team, in it? That you can play not that well, still look quite impressive and still win. So um, I think they'll be right up there at, at the end of this season. Um, one, This has got to be for Luke. It's from Gaz. It said, what did you have for tea last night? Um, oh, what did I have for my tea last night? You know what? I didn't have my tea because I had a late lunch. So because I was having a late lunch, I thought I'd double up. So I went, I went to baguettes and I had a steak and cheese baguette and a bacon and sausage butty on brown toast and brown on brown sauce and brown sauce. And that did me. Good answer. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, I'll come back to you because I reckon this one might be for you, but it's from George and it says, what are your thoughts on the evil that is Bovril? Bovril is not evil. <laughs> I knew he said that. It's not evil in the slightest. Um, the, these nights are drawing in now and, and it will not be long before the Bovril comes out. Um, might not be drinkable till about 40 minutes sort of towards half-time because it's nuclear hot. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I won't be having anybody dissing Bovril because we can get stuffed. <laughs> I thought we were moving on with the times, moving up in the world with our vegan kebabs and what have you, but nah, still still Bovril for you, chap, yeah. When are yeah, they going to start absolutely. doing the Kai lattes? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I don't even know what one of them is. <laughs> Uh, Ryan, one for you from from Wills. Says the average of a Dale fan is about 85. Uh, How does the panel feel we can get this down uh, and attract some younger fans uh, down to Scotland? I think we are doing. I think I look around now, I think there's more young people around now than when I were young. I might be wrong with that. I might just not remember properly, but um, a lot of people who sit near me are are pretty young. And I think you look at the Ute McCorner who we've covered earlier, and there's, there's quite a lot of them, and they're pretty young. So. I think we do. I think we're doing. I think we. I don't really like it because I think the community trust do a hell of a lot of good work in getting kids into the ground and on the schools and stuff and tickets and whatnot. And I think ultimately it comes down to the product on the pitch. That'll get people through the door. If, if you're getting kids free tickets and bringing them in, and it's a bloody awful game, then they're not going to come back, have they? Um, but I think we. I think we're doing better with that. I think, what, nearly 2,000 season tickets, is it? Um, I think that's pretty good going. And I don't I don't look around the ground now and think, 
Jesus, we're going to have no fans in five years. I think we're doing all right. I think like looking like what we're going on outside the ground on Friday with um, like the little activities that were going on. Um, there was a big old queue for that kicking the ball into the um, into the holes and all that lot. So maybe kind of you know do more of that. Don't just do it as part of kind of a hundred year anniversary thing. Do it kind of on a match day, you know, because they like the Premier League and all that, like they do try and kind of create an entire experience now, don't they? So maybe doing stuff like that outside the ground might help. More I, often. I'd add to that, like targeting a slightly older, but still young um, generation, kind of, we were talking about the bar being outside and that kind of thing. I think it, it targeting that like student um, demographic, because for, for obviously we know we're competing against Man United and Man City more than anyone for, for, for supporters but most students won't be able to go and watch Premier League football every week so I think really targeting with cheaper prices for that uh, demographic with fans will be a, a really good way to go um, even you know university students at Manchester because it's not difficult to get from Manchester to Rochdale but it would be a lot easier to go and watch football at Rochdale um, so yeah I think some good ideas from us there but I'd agree with what Ryan said um, I do think the club is trying its best on that front and will continue to do so. Um, so I think to finish off, lads, we'll have a game if uh, we've got time. Ryan, you're uh, clock watching at the moment, aren't you? Have we got time? Yeah, I'll be right. All right. So um, it's Port Vale away for Dale on Saturday. So I've gone back from a, for a Port Vale game that I remember quite well. Um, in April of 2013, it was a 2-2 draw. Uh, at Spotland, um, Port Vale thought they'd won promotion with a, a late goal only for Dale to equalise in injury time. And I remember a lot of uh, displeased Port Vale fans. I, I seem to remember there being a story, actually, of one of the Port Vale directors after Port Vale had scored w- with a couple of minutes left, running out to his car to get some bottles of champagne and then walking in as Dale equalised and dropping both of them. I don't know how true that is, but... It's a nice story anyway. So, um, Chaff, I'm assuming you won, as always, last time? Yes. Right, so we'll go with you first. That's any play from Dale's squad, uh, Rochdale 2, Port Vale 2, on the 13th of April, 2013. George Donnelly. Yes, correct. Uh, Ryan? That's it. Ashley Grimes. Correct. Luke? Jason Kennedy. Correct. He was the man who scored the uh, equalising goal. Andrew Tutt. Andrew Tutt is incorrect. I'm just double-checking because I got it wrong last time. But, yeah, Andrew Tutt's incorrect. So, uh, Ryan, over to you. Bobby Grant. That's correct. Luke? Solness. Incorrect, I'm afraid. So Ryan takes the win. And he's pretty happy about it as well. Um, just to go through the team, it was uh, Josh Lillis in goal, Shane Cansdell, Sheriff, Joe Rafferty, Peter Cavana, Phil Edwards, Michael Rose, Jason Kennedy, Bobby Grant, Ashley Grimes, Ian Henderson, George Donnelly. Uh, and then on the bench was Steve Collis, Wayne Thomas, Brian Barry Murphy, Callum Camps, Kevin McIntyre, Terry Gornell and... Joel Logan. There was also two former Dale Loneys in the Port Vale squad, if anyone wants to try and have a guess at who they were. Louis Dodds. That's correct. 
Will Atkinson? No. Krishuka? Yeah, it's correct. Yeah, so uh, good effort, lads. Better on the Port Vale team than the Dale team, which says a lot. <laughs> I was, Jesus. <laughs> all right, we'll, uh, we'll call it a day there. So all that's left for me to say is thank you very much for joining me, Chaff. Nice one. Cheers, mate. Cheers, right. Yeah, thank you, Dean. And cheers, Luke. Cheers, Dean. Catch you all next time. Off the Dale.